calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. And welcome to The Flow. I am one of your podcast hosts, Doc Rock, the community manager here at Ecamm, along with my awesome sauce co-host, Katie Fox. Hi, Katie. Katie Fox. <laughs> hey, Doc. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. We made it so far. We are almost halfway there. Now, the reason why I say that, it is statistically <laughs> correct that most podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. So we're at episode yeah, but three. But we're not most people, so <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> After about, say, 15 minutes of this, we will be at the halfway point because we will have three and a half episodes in. So we'll be good to go. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, we may not be overly helpful past episode six, but we're just going to be here hanging out. So, yeah, you, know, so you, right? you can you can stay with us. It's <laughs> kind goals. of cool. Like, again, you know, wake up today and last week's episode is there. Mr. Cameron Junkie is an amazing editor. He got it all together. And I'm t man, the descripting, I was I actually watched it the first time from inside the script. And I was just looking <laughs> at the way the edits work. It's so good. Like I did it myself it's the so last easy. time, but it's a trip to just see that. I think it should yeah. almost become a thing for certain movies that I would love to have the descript on the side and the movie on the other side so you can like fully see the dialogue. It's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. So thank you, Kate, for doing it. It is awesome. No problem. It made life super easy. All I had to do was throw it into Alphonic to give it a little <laughs> sauce and then send it to Captivate. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is just a smooth process. Having your flow together, people, is sort of what we're talking mm -hmm. about today because in the process, 
of getting ready to do a podcast, I thought it would be helpful if I could make a checklist for you guys to mm -hmm. be able to go down and make sure you do everything. And it's a trip. I've never really did a checklist before. I just did it out of my head. But uh, yeah, it was fun making a checklist. And I think it's nice. So hopefully you guys can get it. Again, we have it in the show notes. If you're listening to the audio version, people in the live studio mm -hmm. audios, you already have the link. But it's Ecamm. TV, TV slash freebies. Flow freebies. And you came as two M's if you're listening and you don't know us. You're not best friends with us yet. <laughs> E-C-A-M-M. -M. <laughs> she, she said yet. It's coming. Oh, yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to win you over. <laughs> We're going to be friends. Just you wait. Don't worry. Don't worry. We will get you. Okay. Let's go over to the checklist real quick. One of the things before we dive into the actual list is we have some questions that were put together for us. And oh, yes, I wanted to give a shout out to we did get our first review on iTunes and I meant to pull it down, but I forgot. Yeah. So don't shoot me. And it was from Gretchen. So thank you, Gretchen, for putting Thanks, in Gretchen. our review. I'll remember to grab it and pull it down so that way we can have it for the next show. I'll grab all of them <laughs> if they're there. Let's get them. Let's get those reviews in iTunes people. Okay. Gretchen, we did, we screenshotted that review and we shared it with the whole team. That's the level of enthusiasm that we have for your review. So <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Yes. It's super amazing. We're going to be best friends forever. Let's go. Let's go to point number one. <laughs> why is it important to have a checklist when starting a new podcast? I tell you why, because if you're anything like me, you're going to forget something. <laughs> So even as we're getting ready yeah. to pack for a podcast movement coming up and a couple other mm -hmm. things we're doing, I have several checklists just like hanging around, waiting to be filled out because I hate it when I get to somewhere and I'm like, oh, snap, no gaffer's tape. Especially if you're <laughs> somewhere where there isn't a Home Depot or Lowe's or a Piggly Wiggly or some camera shop, you know, something where you can get access to things. So it's almost like that. It helps to make sure you have all of the right things in order. Yeah. And to see the big picture. I think sometimes it's really helpful. I think you're similar to me, Doc, where it's like you get kind of focused on you're just doing your thing and getting it done. You know what you're doing. And sometimes it's hard to see how big is this thing? How long is it going to take? What's the full cost? What's the full budget that you want to allot to it? Having a really good understanding of what that full picture is of starting and setting up a podcast is really helpful as well. You know, and similarly with your day-to-day -day workflow, it's just nice to kind of see what the entire process looks like because you might want to have team members or a co-host or a colleague helping you with a certain point. And so seeing like where that trade-off is or what those steps are, I think makes it really easy and helpful to have a checklist with you. There you go. There you go. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of funny because without the big picture, I think a lot of people get into, okay, so this is something that I've been struggling with lately because I like to say things are easy because they are easy. But just because it's easy doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of steps. So, for instance, so for a gentleman rocking a three-piece suit, right, with your tie and your shoes and everything, it's easy to put one on. You put clothes on all the time. But Putting your three-piece suit together, there are a lot of steps, and you got to do all of them properly. Like on the outside with the jacket, it's always, sometimes, never, right? The three buttons. Never button the bottom button on the jacket, guys. So those are things that you learn as you get older and, you know, people teach you in the beginning when you're a little kid, somebody put the suits on for you. Yeah, I put on clothes. It seems easy, but it's not as easy as you would think. So it's similar to that. It's a simple process, but you kind of need to pay attention. Or cooking a steak. That's yeah. another good one. Simple process, but done wrong. Mm -hmm. Tastes like you're eating a converse. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, the, the final reason is that 
this podcast in particular is completely focused on helping you, the listener, the viewer, the reader, the fan, to be able to understand what it takes to get up and running. So, you know, having a ton of different resources and being able to visually see the entire process from start to finish is hugely helpful for all of you out there who are like, I've been thinking about this podcast thing, but I'm not quite there yet. Or I've been thinking about adding video to my podcast, but I don't know. I think having the map on what it's going to take to get you there and what all the steps are, even if you're not going to check all these boxes, you know, maybe some of them you're like, nope, (laughs) not doing that aspect of it, which is fine. At least, you know. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay. I like that. All right. Let's go to the second point, Kate's. How much time does it take to complete this checklist? This one's for you, Doc, because I'm still at the beginning of working my way through this one. (laughs) You know, I guess it somewhat depends. I think that there are portions of this that are never complete because you're going to do them with Mm -hmm. every episode. In general, just to get a podcast up and running, you can do it in less than a day, honestly. just depends on your level of perfectionism yeah there you go i was trying to think of a nice way to not curse myself out you're like your level of extremeness yeah if you're not like me you can get this done in the day i tend to tweak out on things like because i'm like oh i gotta make this sure this is perfect and honestly when especially anytime it comes to creating or podcasting in general that is that has been one of the flaws for me is me wanting to make it like it was when I was in radio. And I'm like, this is podcast, fam. It's not radio. You don't have to do all of those things. And I'm like, yeah, you do. It's like if you know how to help someone change a tire and you drive past them on the side of the road, you feel kind of bad because you could actually go help them. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. how I am about trying to make things perfect when they don't have to be. Luis and I were talking about this the other day, even about like putting out the edits. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to make it perfect because we're trying to simulate to people that it's okay to start crusty and get better. And he's like, oh, he yeah. said, okay. <laughs> and then yeah. I'm looking at the edit like, and I'm like, sure. Luis, the edit's pretty <laughs> flawless, dang it. What are you doing? Just rush it out. And he's like, no. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. And I was like, all right, I feel you. All right. I was over here talking spicy like I could do it and I can't either. But for you people that don't have this problem, don't start none, won't be none. Hashtag James Brown. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fine line. It's a fine line to walk between getting it right and, you know, producing quality content. So you definitely want to be able to have a mission and have a purpose and get the content out there that you want to create. But yeah, don't try really, try really hard. And this is from two serious perfectionists coming at you, but try really, really hard to let it go. You know, if you're working through this checklist and each one of these steps is taking you days and days or weeks, there's something wrong. You're (laughs) overthinking it. You need to take it back a level and consider whether or not there's something else that's getting in your way. Or, you know, maybe you're not prioritizing this properly. Maybe you're trying to do this in the middle of everything else and it's in between a bunch of other things. So correct. it shouldn't. Yeah. It's the same thing too with, I think it was Ross that was asking a couple of weeks ago about like how long it takes to edit a Descript transcript, which is a super awesome question. And again, like when I first started, hours, <laughs> you know, where I was like every little word and I was like, this needs to be capitalized. This needs to be capitalized. And then you kind of get again into the flow of it or, you know, into the habit and the ritual of doing it over and over again. And the tool is learning. So it gets faster each time. So some of these checklist things, if it's the first time doing it, or it's just a one and done checkbox on the checklist, it may take you a little bit more time than some of these recurring steps that will become part of your process and will become part of your workflow 
they will get faster as you're doing them more often, as you're more comfortable with it. This second week of us getting everything out audio-wise, way faster than the first week because you're like, here are my list items, got them out, you know, here are docs, I know he's got them out. So it, I think it goes faster the more that you do it as well. Yes, it does. It definitely Because even as I was posting the episode that came out this morning, again, it was easier because I've already done it. Even though I've used Captivate for over a year now for my own podcast, just yeah. going in and you know making sure the episode is titled properly and things like that, it was just easier because I can recognize it quicker. You know, your eye will see things faster as well. And again, I say you have about 10 episodes to do it as crusty as possible. And then from that, by the time you get to 10, it's automatically better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't freak out, people. Don't freak out. <laughs> it's, it's, Deep breath, everyone. Deep breath. What is that Ant's Lifeline? Don't worry, don't worry. Please go around <laughs> the leaf. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I need to rewatch. Oh my goodness. I love it. June and I watched that like every day for like four or five years because it was a great demo for the TVs in the store. <laughs> All right, let's get down to the next question and we're going to dive into this PDF, people. If you can't do everything on this list, what are the top three absolutely no excuses must do items? <laughs> okay, so now I got to look at this real quick. <laughs> the top three items. <laughs> Very important, of course, to come up with your podcast name and description. I'm going to count those as item one. And then choosing your platform, that's a must. You have no choice, right? You got to choose your platform. And then from there, I would say it's record that trailer episode. While that is processing, you can go start working on the other things. You know what I'm saying? But I think those are the ones you have to do right away. Maybe it's technically four, because after you have your trailer episode recorded, you're going to want to submit to the podcast directories. And the reason why I like to do this in as early as possible is because it takes a while for it to sort of work its way through all the different ones. And like I said, some of them will not let you submit unless you have a trailer episode or a episode already done. You can start with episode one if you have it, but I like to do a trailer episode first and then put the regular episodes. That's technically it. Those would be the ones that I would choose. Yeah, that's, that was a hard question because there's a bunch of them on here that <laughs> that are probably more on the mandatory side. Like, you need to have a name. <laughs> you need to have a niche. But I, I think that's uh, a good Top three. I would agree with that. We got a cool one in the, in the comments about pod fade. And yes, that is a real word. And I forget about it, but I myself yeah. have done it. Pod fade is definitely a thing. And I think it's before before the platforms got as good as, say, Captivate and Buzzsprout and Podbean and all these guys are now. Yeah. The reason why you would get pod fade is a lot of the stuff that these platforms do for you now, you used to have to do by hand. And yeah. <laughs> I can totally see where that became a thing. I say within the last two to three years, all the platforms got really, really well at covering a bunch of stuff for you before people didn't put episodic thumbnails, right? Or they call it mm -hmm. podcast artwork. People would use the yep. same artwork for every show. Mm -hmm. You know, the platforms made it easier to go in and add those things. But in the MP3 file, 
if you remember correctly, back from the Napster LimeWire days, some of them would have the album cover and some would not, right? So one of the things in the MP3 format is this M3U data, it's a metadata that allows you to put things like a thumbnail, the album title, track number, like all of those above. And before, you used to have to hand code all of that stuff with really badly programmed utilities or literally write the XML file and that attaches to the MP3 and would whatever MP3 compressor you're using. So now the applications that are out there, they all make this. So even Descript has a place to do this in Descript. It makes it so much easier and it allows you to, look, I'm gonna stop saying that. It just keeps getting in my head. <laughs> You can keep saying it. Okay. <laughs> it's all good for Mark. All right, that's it. What we want to do real quick is go through some of these things on the checklist. Again, if you're listening to this at home, I highly suggest hit a pause real quick, download the checklist so you can see as we go through them. I will be presenting this on screen to the live studio audience. I like saying that like, you know, it's like a Norman Lear show <laughs> recorded in front of a live studio audience here in exactly, Burbank. Exactly, yeah. We're living the dream. We're living the dream here. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to go through this checklist real quick, and I will highlight areas that I think require a little bit more explanation. If something comes up as we're going through chat members, throw your hands up real quick so we can explain it for the kid folks at home. You'll be doing your friends a favor. Yeah, that sounded mm -hmm. right. <laughs> okay, so let me show you the checklist. <laughs> this, my friends, is the checklist. Visual people at home. Um, there's a nice little logo at the top and a bunch of check boxes. So here we go. Create a niche. Very important to create a niche, pick a genre. And the reason why creating a niche and picking a genre is so important is most of your aggregators are going to ask you that question. You can change them later, so don't get too nuts over it. Here's something else I just remembered as we were talking about it because Dean Reynolds came into the after questions thing later, we had on the video yep. that was posted on YouTube. And he said, why did you pick Captivate, say, over Anchor? Anchor yeah. only allows you to get one niche. I mean, you know, one category. I just not a fan. And then the other thing that they do is you'll notice when you set your stuff up, especially with Apple Podcasts, you have the ability to create sort of a network in case you become a multiple show type personality. And yeah. they make you put the podcast on their Apple network thing. Mm, yeah, it's worth knowing all of this when you're choosing one of these tools to help you. It's certainly worth knowing what the trade-offs are, right? So like, what are the things that are most valuable to you and what are those trade-offs? Yeah. You know, the number one reason, I'm probably going to guess, the number one reason why people pick Anchor is because it's free, but there's nothing that's free, people. <laughs> so I believe that when you do that, the podcast goes in their thing. And the reason why is because then they get to use your information for their ad sales. And so, I mean, it's a trade-off. You're right. Katie's correct. It's a trade-off. Now, we need to write a podcast name and description. Descriptions are very important because that's kind of the SEO. I don't think humans really read it. I don't think I've read too many descriptions myself, but it's very good for the SEO. Podcast art is very important. So we're going to dive through this really quickly, but podcast art is important. Number one, try to avoid copyrighted words and images. A lot of people don't know this. 
but Apple doesn't like you to put Apple into the titles of things, right? So mm. e even when we were at Twa, the unofficial Apple weblog was the name of the blog. They didn't like it, but they let it slide because we did it before they got super big. So as they got super big, they were like looking at us like, oh no, I really want you guys to change it, but they don't want to bother us because we were one of the papers of record when it came to Apple News. So they were letting it slide for us. But anybody that would come after us, they were hammering them right away. Stop. Nope. Can't do that. Can't do that. If someone else was to go out and create the official Ecamm blog, we might get mad now. You know, back in the day, that probably would have slid because the company was smaller and we had less of a brand to protect. As a company gets bigger, it becomes more important. So even for yourself, if you have a brand thing, like you make a product, like you make Gretchen's compression socks, you gotta be careful of the fan stuff that comes out. Just, you know, accept them because they're helping you, but think about how it could be conflated with you, right? That's something that we all have to watch out for. Now that we're a bigger company, we have to watch out for people using Ecamm just in any old thing. I think that there's a lot that goes into podcast artwork and graphics more than probably meets the eye. I think a lot of us in, who you know have been here in the kind of streaming and content creation space are very used to the idea of YouTube thumbnails or creating thumbnails or graphics or even video graphics. But I would challenge you that even if you are you know, doing a little bit of reading or research on what makes podcast artwork different is important. There is a lot that goes into it. I think that people don't totally understand it. And I'm even learning myself as we're diving into this process. So in our upcoming Leap Into Podcasting virtual conference that's happening at the end of September, we're going to do an entire session all about artwork and about how to use tools like Canva to make it yourself and to make it seem really, you know, professional and something that's going to be really eye-catching. But yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot that goes into it. And I love that you pointed out, you know, all of the different things that could that could get you in trouble because it's not just sitting in one place or it's not just sitting like on your own social channels. You're putting it out onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all these different spaces. And so there's going to be rules and regulations and potential blockers that could happen at any of those points. So you really need to be much more careful about explicit language or, you know, any kind of trademark or brand or copyright issues that you might run into. It's a lot bigger than, um, than if you have a video sitting on your own channel. Scary. Yeah, not fun. <laughs> not fun. We don't want anyone to experience that. So much more severe than the copyright claim that YouTube might hit you up with here and there. It's uh, you definitely don't want to mess with it. We got one of those from Miller yeah. High Life because we had a brand here in Hawaii <laughs> oh, no. called High Life. And they were like, oh, you can't yeah. use that. And I was like, it's H-I. There's no G-H. It's just H-I life. Well, what yeah. does that mean? I yeah. don't know, dude. Where'd you send the letter to? Hawaii, you dummy. Look at the thing. And they were yeah. not happy. And I was like, no one is going to conflate that with beer. Like not even close. It's a holla tree. It's a, you know, a big Hawaii tree. You've seen them before. And we had all yep. the little islands hanging off the trees as if they were branches. And like, no cool. one's going to look at that and conflate it with beer. But they weren't having it. Because once we yeah. got popular, they were not having it. They're like, nope. <laughs> So it's like, okay. Yeah, you have to be really forward thinking in some of this too. Even some like catchy names that you might think make sense, you know, do yourself a favor and double check Google search and see, even if it's a similar sounding name, but it's in the same niche or same genre that you're in, you might want to think about rethinking that choice. 
Or maybe it's a similar sounding name that's in a different genre, but you might bump up against it. And this goes just for names as well as for any kind of artwork that you're doing. But once you've started building momentum and you have an audience, it's much, much harder to make those changes later and to deal with any of the ramifications that come from it. So in this early stage, while you're still checking off these boxes, it's a really good time to just spend a little bit of time doing some research to make sure that doesn't come back to bite you later. There you go. Try to avoid offensive words. That's kind of obvious. And it's only because in your podcast art, it's going to be seen on gigantic TVs nowadays, right? Or the car screen. Keep the design simple. This is hard for people. I know you try to get cute, but you got to remember this is going to get tiny, right? So don't use more than two fonts again, because the image is going to get tiny. And then use really high resolution images again, because the image is going to be seen tiny. A lot of people, you're going to see this. Look at your phone and go to podcast directory in your Apple podcast or your Android play app. And you'll see a lot of them. You cannot read the thumbnails. You do not want to be that person, right? Look at the people that have really nice, clean, easy to read thumbnails. That's what we're trying to copy off of. Make sure you use good contrasting colors. Same reason. And yes, you can use your face unless your face looks like mine. <laughs> Yeah. Set up your social profiles don't for your use podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, don't use my face. Um, <laughs> this one was a challenge for us as a brand because there's Ecamm yeah. the company, Ecamm the software, and Ecamm the brand. Ecamm Live is actually the software. Ecamm the company is a myriad of things. We have more than just Ecamm Live. A lot of people don't know that. The boy's been at this for a long mm -hmm. time. So yep. we decided, and it could change later, that we were going to run everything under the Ecamm moniker because this is to highlight the functions of Ecamm Live. At some point yep. in time, if we get big enough, we might need a separate Twitter and Instagram yeah. account for the flow. Think about that yeah. as you start. Are you doing this to expand images by Gretchen? And I only picked her name because I can see it in the corner of my eye. <laughs> or <laughs> hey, Gretchen. <laughs> if you are trying to do a very particular product, which is Gretchen's compression socks. She don't really make compression <laughs> socks. I just keep saying that because I'm looking at my list of things to put in the travel bag. <laughs> the old people problems. <laughs> so, yes, just make yeah, sure you do that. Go ahead, kids. Yeah. And I mean, rule of thumb anyway, for years of working in the social media marketing space is that only open accounts that you can consistently update and manage. So if you already have an amazing online presence and you're launching this new podcast or video podcast, it might not be a bad idea to start by just leveraging what you have and start talking about it on those platforms before you make the decision to actually open up its own platforms because you will be splitting your time. So if you're the kind of person that's like, all of a sudden you're gonna have two Twitter accounts, two Instagram accounts, two Facebook pages, and unless you have the bandwidth to be able to populate those with unique and relevant content, it's not going to be worth it. The worst thing you could do is open up all those accounts, spend all that time, spend all that money and effort, get it up and running, and then have it end up in a deserted island space because you don't have enough content or you ran out of time to be able to properly manage them. So only do what you can take on, only do what you know you can do well. I'm saying this again for the people in the back. Do not create accounts that you cannot consistently keep up with. That is so a true. nail in the coffin. That one will jack it up really, really quickly. Okay, yep. let, me, let me go some further. We have create a coming soon web page or email landing page. Most of the podcast creating places now, like Captivate, they have this built in. So it's not like you're generating a full HTML template. Most of them have this built in. If you got the smallest plan, it may not be part of the smallest print. You might have to step up. This is one of those ones you can sort of skip, but I think it's important if possible, knock it out. 
Okay, this is going to save you a lot of time. Make yourself a podcast equipment checklist, okay? These are the things that you're going to need. You're going to need a computer. You're going to need headphones, microphone, microphone stand, some sort of mixer and or interface, a pop filter, and recording and editing software. So let me explain these real, real quick. Computer doesn't take a lot of power. As a matter of fact, nowadays, your computer can be an iPhone or an iPad. I know a whole bunch of people that do their entire productions just on iPad. It's just that when I put this in my head, I wrote computer. I should have actually put computer or mobile device because a lot of mobile <laughs> devices can do all of this stuff now. There's some great mm -hmm. podcast-specific apps in your iPhone and your iPad. Also, for the most part, computer doesn't need to have a lot of craziness in order to record a podcast. When you go to the editing side, you're gonna wish you had a little bit of bass, but you can record one with pretty basic computer, right? So don't freak out, yep. don't go buy a Mac Pro just to do that. <laughs> Headphones are, are very important. You do not have to get the podcaster can headphones that cover your whole head. Yeah. Both of us use in-ear monitors. I love these because it allows you to get a little, you know, flow with your head and you don't look like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> For those of you who are conscious about that thing, I just like them because they sound great. They're inexpensive. And I tend to buy expensive over-the-ear headphones because I like listening to, you know, music at a level of enjoyment. And I overuse them for podcasts. It eventually breaks them and it sucks. So I like my headphones to be my headphones and these to be for this, right? These are 20 bucks. So good way to do yeah. it. A microphone can be anything starting from something as simple as a Samsung Q2U, which is a $50 mic, all the way up to something fancy like a U87, which is not 50 bucks, or a C800, which is like eight grand. So it could be anything you want. I've recorded podcasts on the Sony C800, which was really stupid, but it was fun because it was a video for the people to see, like, where the heck did you get a Michael Jackson microphone? And I'm like, told you people, I like microphones. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> so yeah, anything, your phone, you can record your phone. Nowadays, it's going to get better if you use a dedicated microphone, but don't stop yourself because you think you need to come out SM7B. It's not necessary. You should always have a future goal anyway, and you'll work your way up there. So yeah, start with something simpler, cheaper, focus on the content first. And you know, and as you get better and more popular, then treat yourself, <laughs> start working up towards what you want. I like that. Start it with a goal in mind. I really like that. And microphone yeah. stand just allows you to have your hands free. Also, you kind of don't want to be touching the mic. Now, this mic doesn't make noise when you touch it because that's the reason why you buy an SM7B. <laughs> but a lot of mics, every time you touch the mic, if you've been in church and you go to move the mic and to say something, it goes, or you're testifying at a hearing and every time you touch the mic, it makes a noise. That's a junk. I thought we were like testifying. Okay. Like, testify. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to testify? Ah, uh, just reach this guy. See, stop, stop giving me music Tourette's, Katie. <laughs> then, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, the pop filter is important. For the folks at home, I'm holding up a gigantic piece of foam that you've all seen on top of mics. This is the one that came with the Shure SM7B. Pop filters and nikes, they really help you from protecting your microphone from the plosives. So when you, Peter, pick the Paul Duncan like that, it doesn't go Pop filter is good. If you don't have a pop filter, there are some really nice ones you can just clamp on. They're like 10, 15 bucks on Amazon. It looks like a circle with a gooseneck. And you just put it right there. That'll help out a lot. 
And then recording and editing software, man, the list is massive. I like Audition and Logic, but you can edit in so many things and Audacity, which in this case is free and actually good. You can just do it in Audacity. Every Mac comes with GarageBand, so you can go to town in GarageBand for free. Also, you can use Ecamm Live. Oh, that's for the <laughs> recording part, but we don't edit. Yes. But yes, reco I, recording, <laughs> I'm going to definitely say start with a video. Like we covered that already. Start with a video, record it inside Ecamm because it will make your life easier. It just does. It's yeah. so simple. It's funny. As a person who just made an entire video that I recorded in Ecamm and chopped it up in Final Cut Pro, and you watched it at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, recording in Ecamm and editing in something like Final Cut Pro or Premiere, just so fast. It's just really, really quick. Probably the greatest thing mm -hmm. since sliced bread because you don't have to insert an SD card and copy the files over and then wait for them to convert. And yeah, none of that. I'm on three cups of coffee by that time. <laughs> All right, let's see. What else do we have on the list? Da, 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 da. This is so much fun. All right, you want to pick a hosting platform. We kind of covered that in the first two episodes. Again, if you don't hear why I picked Captivate, it was in last week's episode. Go back and check that out. And then publish a pre-launch episode this is what I mean by getting yourself set up so that these directories will take your show. A lot of them will not take your show unless it has an episode in place, but you don't want to wait until you start because you want to talk about in your episode where to get the episodes. You see what I mean? So this is why you post the trailer <laughs> episode. It's like a cart before the horse. My favorite directories are as follow, and there are more. Now, each platform might have difference, but these should primarily be on every platform that you go to. And being the weirdo that I am, I had them in alphabetical order, and then we added iHeartRadio, and it's not. Pocket Cast, Podchaser, love me some Podchaser. I'll explain that in detail in a second. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, messing up my alphabetical order list. <laughs> Oh, we have to redo it and send it back out to everyone. Man, it's not in order. OCD is strong up in here. <laughs> okay. I hear you. So the reason why Podchaser is amazing, it is like IMDB for podcasts. For instance, I get to go add an entry into Podchaser this week. If it didn't automatically pick it up, I was a guest host on Twit, which is a massive podcast. One of the oldest running podcasts in the business. Been out for a little over 18 years. That's awesome. In theory, if I keep showing up there, which I luckily I've been there, I average about four or five times a year, it will automatically stick me on that list. So when people come to look for the flow and they're like, hey, I wonder if this show's any good. And they go, oh, that guy's also on Twitter. Oh, it must be good. Let's go listen, right? So this is yeah, the reason super why valuable. we do it. I mean, we do it with IMDb. Where do I know that face in this show from, right? You look, ah, it was it was uh, Golden Girls, you know, or something. So. <laughs> That's me. Every single TV show that I watch, I have like it open and I'm like, who's that person in the background? I think I've said that. Yeah, yes. it's, I spend all the time doing that. So yeah, I think it's super worthwhile. I even made a login for IMDb. This is how bad it is. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's, it's important thing. So yes, make sure that you go ahead and submit it. Now, in Captivate was really simple. They have a grid mm -hmm. on the page and you just go by and check all the things. Some of them, there's actually submit to one. And because they all use the same sort of aggregate format, it's submitted to like 10 places automatically by itself. The big mm -hmm. ones, Apple and Google, they require you to do some things. 
and Amazon was part of that automated checklist. So that was really cool because that was one of the first ones we got done was Amazon because it was part of the Captivate automated checklist thing. Super, super handy people. Okay, let's dive in. Now yeah. we're going on page two. Page two. All right, these are the things that are going to save you a lot of time as you process your show because these are very reoccurring. So create a show note template, which means things like a full transcript, links to sources, keep sort of a consistent format with your show notes as you post them. Again, most of the places like Captivate and Buzzsprout, Podbean, all of these guys, they have a spot to put in your show notes right there. It makes it easier. Captivate to me is the easiest one in the industry, so I pretty enjoy that. Make sure you create a catchy SEO blurb. And the reason for that is when someone's looking for your episode, it will show up in the regular Google box as if it were a web page because you end up with a web page for every show. So creating a catchy SEO blurb is there. And it's really just simple. It's not difficult. Don't worry about it. If you have to skip it, skip it. But it helps if you leave it there. Make sure that the notes and your transcripts are easily skimmed through and then have a good finishing paragraph with the call to actions which I can demonstrate for you in a second and highlight any quotes and stuff that you may have and include graphics on your show note if your host provider allows it. I do wanna polish ours up a little bit, but an ending podcast goes as follows. The Flow is a production of Ecamm Networks. You can try out a 14-day trial of Ecamm by going to ecamm.com, sticking your affiliate link, people. If you're an Ecamm affiliate, which you should be, stick that affiliate link right there. Actually, instead of me doing this, I should have pulled Jared's one because Jared's is gorgeous. And you can say, remember, if you didn't get a chance to already, please follow up and leave us a review on the old iTunes. And this podcast is available at Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and wherever the podcast getting is got. Copyright 2022, Ecamm Network. That's a good finishing paragraph. I mean, you can make it as fancy as you want. That's important to have, and we still need to polish ours because I've just been doing it, but it should be way more fancy than that. It's just, it gives <laughs> people the vibe that this is like, again, an NPR show. Listen to the endings of NPR shows or Freakonomic Networks. Dun, 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 dun. Stitcher, right? Like, that's why it's there. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, listen to the endings of good shows and build your show off of that. It doesn't have to be perfect in the beginning, but you want to get it there as soon as possible. Any thoughts, Kate? No, I. Th- this is great. This is beyond the steps that I've gotten to. So <laughs> I'm learning in co-host mode. I'm like, yep, that Love makes it. sense. Now, this was incredible. And luckily, Katie and I did this early on. And you should get yourself list of topics that you're going to cover. Put them somewhere. Build yourself an idea bank. I put in here Apple Notes, Asana, ClickUp, Drafts, Google Notes, Notion record small videos for yourself. I'll explain that in a second. And spreadsheets and Trello. You want to build yourself a good recording spot so that if you sit down to an episode, what should I record today? You can go, okay, ah, I'll take number seven for a hundred, Alex. Do yourself a favor. Trust me. This also allowed our graphics team to make the thumbnails for like the first 10 episodes already. They're just ready to go. So all they have to do is record them. And that's part of your flow. You see, you're taking a step away from yourself. So while you're forced to watch something on TV that you didn't want to watch that you end up kind of liking. Can't believe I didn't (laughs) want to watch Severance at first. I was wrong. That show is wicked. You could be building thumbnails on the fly. So now I said record small videos for yourself. Let me explain this real quick. A lot of times I would write these little notes 
notes on these little note cards. I got note cards everywhere, right? I got field notes pocket, you know, Moleskine in the pocket, like all these things. When I go to read it later, I have no context. So recently what I've been doing is just taking the phone, pressing the camera icon while the phone is asleep. You can just hold the camera icon and wake it up. And they'd be like, okay, this is a reminder to me that the next time I decide I want to do an episode, I kind of want to talk about picking good XLR cables. That's something nobody ever really talks about. Stop. Now, when I go to look at those, I can actually know what I was talking about. <laughs> so record yourself a voice memo or video memo. I pick video memo because all of our people are live producers. The thing that we always hear, I don't feel good on camera yet. Do a bunch of those, you'll get good just by yourself. Now we want to record a first episode. We did that, edit the first episode, boom, did that. Record an intro and outro. That's kind of the paragraph type of thing. Or hey, everybody, welcome to the flow. If you wanna have the same intro and outro every time, that can be done. Ours is a little organic for right now, so we don't really have this box checked. So I would say that is optional. Upload to the hosting platform. Again, we use Captivate. I have two episodes that Katie just recently published that shows you how I went through the Captivate process. Most of that stuff should translate to whatever you're using, but I think Captivate is the answer. And create an email list, we already have that. <laughs> and then create a community space, we already have that. And then press the launch button, yeah! that's the best part. Now, this is also part of your reoccurring situation is you wanna promote your show. So remember to ask for reviews. Remember to create avenues for your potential listeners to connect with you. In our case, that's through our direct email, flow at ecamm.com. That's through our social channels. That's through our Discord. And that is through our Facebook. So we have a bunch of that stuff. Create intriguing teasers. Well, we're doing leaped into podcasting and we have an ad that we can play right in the middle of our stuff. That's a good teaser. Also. So at the end of the show, Katie likes to tell us what's coming up next week. You can say that in the previous episode. That's a teaser that brings you to the next episode. If you are the type of person that batch records, like my friend Sally, she batch records. She could actually play a little snippet of the next show on the current show. You see this all the time in television. So there is that people. And. You want to generate your subscribers from your mailing list, which Katie does. She sends out the mailing list. Involve these services of social media influencers, asking people that are in your network that are very powerful to help you promote the show, come on the show, be a guest. So like, as we get into this, we'll bring in somebody like Nikki and Nikki will be able to help us add a little, what is the word I'm looking for? Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. There we go. <laughs> which means, I don't know. <laughs> it just, it adds a little credence. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, there you go. Network on social media. And if you really get it to how you want to get it to run some paid ads, use your guest network, which is what I mean by bringing Nikki onto the show and then use your network. So that's all the different ways that you promote. And it ain't the whole thing. There's so much more to promoting. It's a never ending process, right? The promoting side yeah. is I think where most people stop and how come nobody didn't to make you? <laughs> yeah, no one's going to listen if you're not focused on the content. So, you know, again, like all of these, <laughs> all of these things on the checklist, there's no point in bringing on influential guests if they're not the right guests that relate to the content that you're trying to create and the audience that you're trying to serve. And, you know, no one is going to come if you don't consistently give them the information that they need and post it at a consistent time and show up. You know, we send out an email every Monday morning to our Ecamm show network that lists all of our upcoming live shows and information on this podcast. 
every single week. We always have links to each thing. We have what the episodes are. We do that a week out so that people know consistently when each show is, but also can get that reminder, that email that says, hey, it's coming up on this day and time, and they can click through and get an RSVP through YouTube or add it into their calendar so that they remember to come. I think it it all works together if you're not checking those boxes and being really consistent with how you're creating content and what your workflow is, the promotion isn't going to matter. <laughs> people are not, you know, you'll just be screaming into the void. It's going to take time and you're going to need to be really consistent, really purposeful with how you're sharing, where you're sharing and the value of the content that you're bringing out. It's funny because you're right. The two things, the consistency part of just showing up and being there. And then I think another thing that everyone always wants is like, oh man, I wish I can get so-and-so on my show because they're going to get me a million views. You might get them that single yeah. episode, but it doesn't mean they're going to yeah. do anything or listen. So it doesn't help. <laughs> but it, if it's not relevant to your existing 50 people that are listening, so okay, great. You have you know thousands of people for that one episode, but then you've antagonized the 50 people who show up week after week. So you know you really you need to be really strategic with who you have on the show, the value that they're bringing. If it's the right person and they're bringing thousands of people, you win. If it's the wrong person and they're bringing thousands of people, you likely have created an issue for yourself and for your regular followers, your regular viewers. That's very, very brilliant. I'm, I'm just getting ready to just remind you guys <laughs> that the most important thing you can do is like pull out check a template. You can take that guy and rearrange it and adjust it how it matches your style. You can create it in Canva or Adobe Express or something of that nature, pages on your computer, Keynote even, uh, Illustrator. Yep. Make yourself a checklist. Have that sucker ready to go. It will make your life so, so, so much easier. And it, that's that's how workflows exist. It's because you know to go down and have the little checkboxes, right? Yeah. It, it's funny. I used to get irritated when you first started working and I was working at this pizza shop and they used to give us this checklist we had to do every day to make sure that the doughs are in the right place, all the little veggies is cut, the tomato sauce bins are filled, the mozz as we called it, mozzarella things mm -hmm. were filled and blah, blah, blah. And I hated those checklists. I'm like, man, we come in here, we make pizzas eight hours a day, six days a week. We know this inside, outside, backwards, whatever. Like, why do we got to do this checklist all the time? I always thought it was irritating. And that was high school. And I go to the military where everything lives on checklists. And- oh always thought that was irritating. In one of my jumps, pulled the parachute cord and it opened what's called the closed canopy. And oh, then no. I'm like, uh-oh. And I'm just thinking, oh, I should have been nicer <laughs> to Miss Rosie. <laughs> I'm going, and like 210 oh, no. feet per second, you know, you're coming to the planet faster than you wish. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, what pops into your head in a situation like that is your training, do the checklist. Okay, da 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 yeah. Try to untwist the risers. It doesn't untwist immediately. Go down the chain, disconnect, pull your reserve, land on the ground safely, call your mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. So after a situation like that or being a paramedic in the military, when we go to certain sort of rescue situations, you follow a SOP or standard operating procedure or protocol. You go yeah. right down a checklist. I get I got it. And now I'm a checklist phenom because of things yeah. like that. And you don't really realize it when you watch your airplane guy walk around and touch everything and do all of the hand motions or whatever. There's a reason for that. It's so that you can easily. 
easily and just argue with TSA. They're never the problem. That's the checklist. So it's very <laughs> important. Don't laugh at yeah. it. Don't overlook at it. It probably will stop you from doing something crazy. Even if you're, you know, after a couple times of printing it out and actually checking off the boxes, stick it somewhere on a wall or have it on your phone or iPad in front of you or tape to your desk next to you, wherever it is, because you are going to have days. Doc and I are having lots of these days this week, but <laughs> you're going to have days where you're going to be overtired. Everything is going to be going wrong. You're going to be running later than you want to record. There's going to be things that are going to cause distractions and being able to visually have it in front of you is going to give you that moment where you say, oh shoot, you know, I didn't send the audio file out or, oh, you know, oh, I did these things, but I forgot to post about it on Facebook. Whatever that thing is that you inevitably are going to forget, even though you've done it a million times, having it in front of you is going to give you that visual cue and that reminder for the days where you need it <laughs> because everything else is coming at you. Whether you're physically checking those boxes or you're going through the process in your head, that's fine. But having it in some way as, you know, a little cue card or something visual to just give you that level of confidence and be that parachute, that backup underneath you, I think is going to be hugely important. Yeah, Paul says, <laughs> Paul says it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday and we are all <laughs> hanging in there. We need these visual reminders. All right, gang. Every Tuesday you can come here and be part of the live taping like the Mr. Moderator Paul and DJ Strick just mm -hmm. showed up. And so a lot of our families here, Anna Infogis was here earlier and my mm -hmm. buddy Leah Little, we got to meet her at Social Media Marketing World. She is mm -hmm. just a ball of energy. Absolutely love her to death. She's amazing. But you can come and be part of the studio audience and hang out with us, ask questions live. Or if you have to, continue to just be subscribed to the podcast like you did. And you can listen to it in your car while you try to refrain from yelling at the kids. <laughs> that is, that's what we're here for. We're just a distraction so you don't get on we're the news. <laughs> that would be my mom. Would you be quiet back there? Huh? <laughs> So, guys, every Tuesday you can come here for recording. And again, the episode comes out next week. Thank you, Katie, for helping us get through this checklist. Yeah. You covered the ending, so I don't have to redo anything else in the ending. Download the checklist, people. <laughs> it is available in the show notes if you're listening to the audio version in the studio audience. The checklist link has been posted. It also will be attached to the video that gets posted right here to YouTube. We'll be back next yep. Tuesday. And we're live. We'll be live, 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 like recording at Podcast Movement. We'll be live on location. That's I love the live on location. <laughs> I just said the bananas part to drive Rich crazy. Uh, gang, so thank yeah. you so much for being part of the flow. Now, at this point in time, we're going to dive in and answer some questions with our studio audience. So we really do invite you to come and check us out live. It's way more fun. This has been The Flow, a production of ECAM Networks. You can find out more by sending emails to us at theflow at ecam.com. You can also find this at flow at ecam.com. And anywhere all of your podcast getting is got.
calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yeah, we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.